This is Adam Francis, and you're listening to the Equipped Indoor Podcast on the E2E Radio Network. Stand by for a great show. Hey guys, welcome back to episode 404 of the Equipped Indoor Podcast with your host Adam Francis, Robert Oliver, and Dan Eastland. Now, we will be warning you guys... We usually get on the phone about 30 minutes for the podcast, smoke and joke a little bit, get in a good mood, and then we rock and roll. But today, that didn't happen. I came downstairs double-fisting it with two coffee mugs, and Dan just ended up uh, throwing his computer across the room because his new high-speed headset wasn't working. So we're going to do the extra grumpy edition of the E2E podcast. Welcome. You know what? Welcome Actually, all. guys, <laughs> just to, not just to be contrary, which I usually just enjoy doing, I am in a really great mood today. Really? Yeah. What, Dan? What happened? So uh, this morning I was checking Facebook and I was checking in. Uh, do you remember me talking about uh, Flip, the triple yes. entity? Yes. Um, Friends of Flip, we uh, pushed it out and everything. Yeah. Yep. Uh, not only are they in their new house, but I was just running through Facebook and there was a picture of Flip in his prosthetic legs. And his wife had posted it. It's a picture of the two of them standing together. Mm-hmm. And the caption was, look who's finally taller than me. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that is you awesome. know, I took a look at that and realized, you know, life, life is good. good. That's right. That is awesome, man. Yeah, if, if they can laugh like that, I can laugh at everything. Well, I, you know, Dan, you know, I hate to do this this early in the podcast. It's going to set the tone for your smugness for the rest of the episode. But that starry knife, knife handle that you just finished is freaking amazing. Um, no, thank you. So uh, I hope you got my joke there on Facebook. I, I did. Uh, and I appreciated that you were the first one to get there. Oh, uh, yeah, you know. Hey, it's me. I, I've seen, I've had some imitations, some copycats since then. Yeah. But my comment but you was, were it first. was, it was, that was beautiful enough to slice your ear off with. Yep. And uh, so, you know, high class over here. Anyway, yeah. but it, it is beautiful, man. I mean, oh my God, it's beautiful. I, I am really excited about it. Uh, it's a collaboration I did with uh, Shade Tree. Uh-huh. Um, and he just knocked it out of the park. I mean, so was this, what, did you, you know, say, hey, can you make a handle that looks like a Vincent Van Gogh painting? Or did it just kind of look that way and be like, hey, this looks like a Vincent Van Gogh painting? I mean, how did that, how did no. you come to that? I, I so badly want to say that I said, I called him and said, Hey, make this. Yeah. But I sent him some of the glow technology and we're back and forth. And the only additional input I gave was to do a, a twisted micarta with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so rather than even sheets, you know, you twist it when you press it together so it gives it more pattern. Yeah. And the rest, I'll never know if it was an accident. And he just did it and looked at it and said, that looks just like the starry sky. Yeah. Or starry night, rather. Uh-huh. Um, but that was, I have to be honest and say my input was here's some glow-in-the-dark stuff. We make twist micarta with it. How many more of those micarta slabs do you have right now? Um, I have got, I think, enough to do about 10 more handles. I, can, I, can you please set one aside for me? I will pay top dollar. It is yes. pretty amazing. Yes, you will. I mean, okay. yes, I will. <laughs> <laughs> You are a schmuck, sir. (laughs) Yes, but I'm your schmuck. That's right. That's right. All right. So that's it's a beautiful piece, guys. You had it. Getting a chance. Having getting a chance. Go check it out on Facebook or uh, actually, Dan put a post up on the E2E website forum. Uh, It is it is a beautiful thing, man. And and there's just enough glow in there um, just to add some elements. It's it's almost like the glow is like. Perfect, you know, like you guys. It, it's it looks like you guys engineered. I would just, if I were you, I would just, you know, exaggerate a little bit. And be like, oh no, this was an engineered thing. We've been working on this for a year and a half, and yada 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 yada. <laughs> yeah. not, now the, not like, oh, it was an accident, you know. No, this now the subtlety of the the spaced out glow material that was absolutely intentional. You know, we we wanted something less busy than the the firefly. Um, but still had significant enough glow that you could find it at night. I lost you there for a hot second. It just went, uh, but that's okay. Uh, I was saying that the the subtlety of the glow was that was absolutely intentional. Yeah, that's that's awesome. It's awesome. Can't can't express that enough. So, 
Uh, Robbie, what's new with you? Oh, not a whole lot. Nothing? No, not really. Oh, well, I got some new stuff in the in the Francis household. You might hear Ace whining in the background the whole podcast because uh, Ivy is in heat, and he is a nutcase <laughs> right now. And those of you guys who have never had a male dog and a female dog together during that period that you're not trying to breed, yeah, the male dog acts like every 17-year-old male acts pretty much all the time, uh, constantly, uh, just whining and whimpering and making this very strange sound um, in the in the general direction of the female. So I guess that's his, his he's, I guess he's spitting game. That's what dogs do. <laughs> yeah, but you think game. about it, the way he, the way they sound at him, they're not, they're not spitting game. They're, they're trying to get pity. Yeah. That, that's it's true. The most yeah. pitiful sound I've ever heard. It is the most pitiful sound. It, it is. It's just, what is wrong with you? Be a man. Oh, he's over there looking as stupid as can be in that crate right now. So, <laughs> oh, so let me. I've got, uh, I've got some puppy corner stuff for this podcast too. Oh, oh gosh. Dan. Yeah. Specifically last week, I, I bit my tongue and did not talk about what happened at your house while I was there. You didn't steal my stink? I did not steal your stink. I now, appreciate well, now, that. Well, now I'm intrigued. Should we, should we leave with Puppy Corner? Or? I don't know. Oh. Now, now, now acquiring minds. It's, um, it's worth the telling of the story. So to set the scene, it's well, oh, oh, oh Dan, should we do yeah. our should we should we talk about our sponsors first or? Oh y'all are gonna do, you're gonna do that this podcast. Hey, we did it last last podcast. <laughs> you see and, you see you see here's the thing you don't understand like Robbie and I without all the riffraff around we're in so much in the zone the last podcast that the you know the crescendo of the podcast was the sponsors and everybody kind of you know was locked in that sponsorship moment at the very end because of the performance that we gave last podcast, all right? So you just remember that, all right? You know, we were listening to it, and Beth I looked over at me. I was there and don't even remember a crescendo. <laughs> <laughs> that that sums me... up a lot about you, Robbie. I, I, hey, shut up, Dan. I was real <laughs> proud of myself for a second there. I was thinking, wow, I did good last week, apparently. <laughs> The Equipped to Endure podcast is brought to you by Dogwood Custom Knives. Check out dogwoodcustomknives.com, especially their Starry Night knife handles. You need to get some more of those, Dan. I'm going to tell you right now. Let's go ahead and make that order. Uh, dealers at USA Made Blades, Edgeworks Online, and Arizona Custom Knife. Also by Live Fire Gear, LLC. Guys, check out livefiregear.com. Tell you what, guys, a little news on the Live Fire uh, deal. We are about to close out any direct sales uh, because we have we we're pushing a lot to the dealers. Uh, so there's a dealer list. Uh, you can you guys will be able to find you know live fire at a bunch of different websites you guys shop at. It's like that perfect item when you're trying to get over that hundred dollar mark when you buy a new you know blade or toy and you want to get that free shipping. Uh, also, uh, you can check it out on Amazon, Amazon Prime, free sh free two day shipping for live fire stuff. So check it out, guys. Um, everything's going really well and we should be uh, having some news here soon. So stand by on that. And uh, I think that's uh, pretty much it. Of course, check us out on Facebook. Uh, like us on Facebook for Equip to Adore, and of course, subscribe and the website equiptoandore.com. Join, become a member uh, for as low as you know a couple cents a day. You can be a member, a couple dollars a year, and uh, new and great stuff. We just had a great article by one of our contributors. Uh, we'll be going over that here a little bit later. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let that go too soon, Robbie. Gotta, gotta, gotta go for that crescendo again. Gotta make them wait for it. Right, so. right. I'm gonna. You keep on. I'm gonna have to look up the word crescendo. Yeah. Adam, are you, do, are you, do you seriously know what crescendo means? No, that word come doesn't on. mean what you think. <laughs> 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 well, you, know, you say "come on, man," but then sometimes I think you're joking on me, and then I'll be like, "Well, blah blah blah." It's like, "No, man, I really don't know what that means, man." Jesus, what's yeah, wrong but with you've, you? You've been talking for five minutes, so even if I didn't know before, I would have Googled it in that amount of time. <laughs> okay. Like, how do you spell well, crescendo I, again? I do. I did forget you were in the high school band, Robbie. So you should know what that term means. I can't. I you, never you was played, in high school. You played the, the clarinet, right? Yes. <laughs> I played the recorder. <laughs> hey, man, I played the recorder too. I love the recorder. I was, you know, that was that. That was the cool. That's what the cool kids did in first grade, man. You know, you you, know? you struck me more as of a flute kind of guy. Well, the recorder is kind of like a flute. Yeah. So you know. And. Uh, uh, un, uh, unrelated to anything we're talking about today other than just this rant that 
just sudden now <laughs> happened. Just a few weeks ago, I, I made my own flute out of reeds I got out of the back 40. And it actually turned out it worked. You never cease to amaze me. And, I, and I'm so sincere with that. I watched a little YouTube video and learned how. That makes sense. So, Robbie, what do we got for news? Um, t- there's not a whole lot of news uh, that's news. Um, mostly since our news last week was kind of dreary. <laughs> we figured this week, why not go the other direction? Yeah. There's going to be another Rambo movie. Rambo 5, All Last of a sudden, Blood. The, the skies part, the sun shines down, and, you know, there's it's, rainbows it's the and unicorns everywhere. So a drug cartel takes over a geriatric home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, John Rambo walks out with his walker. Um, <laughs> and just, you know, you think it's the end of him when the walker's blown out from under him, but it just happens to take place close to a hover-round dealership. And... Uh, <laughs> He's able to get back in the fight. No, I brought this up because <laughs> the you love Rambo, Rambo knives. You love Rambo. No, the knives are iconic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they, they've been copied. They've been done. And up to this point, there's been four Rambo knives. Mm-hmm. My question is, what are you guys expecting from? And they've the all got a little Rambo bit. They, they've all got a little bit more ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think like the ones. The last with the big old like the big old raw piece of steel that they had. Yeah, big machete. Is, yeah. is that the one that you could make into a slingshot? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was that was Rambo two. Oh, was it? I, I get know. confused. Maybe Rambo three. Well, which one? Fir- did, which one the, did you fight the helicopter? Like, that on was Rambo three, I think, and that was a Jimmy Lyle. Uh, no, I'm sorry, that was a Gil Hibben like Bowie knife pattern. The is first that, is that the one that he handle tight. Is that the one that he used to to sear his wound? I think didn't that he, was did, part didn't one. he didn't he push through a round through his side and then like heat up his knife and and like sear the wound? I don't know. You know, I, I wonder know. if you. I you know, it's you it's so it's so funny steel that way. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> it's so funny because First Blood is a good movie, man. I mean, it's a good movie, and then like at, at some point they got caught up in all the eighties bullcrap and they became silly ass movies. You know, we know. have an opportunity here to talk about a legitimate thing, the Jimmy Law knives and the Gilhibbon knives and all, and, and you guys want to talk about the most absurd aspects of those movies. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's what's funny. Hi, I don't, I don't think we've met it yet. My name's Dan Eastland. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. It so happens. buy a Gilhibbon uh, Bowie-style knife, and yes, you too can take down an Apache helicopter. That's right. all you need to know. Um, On horseback. That, that was a hind. With a, with a, with a uh, yeah, it was a Russian hell. It's like a gun, was, uh, Russian gunship, right? Uh, I think it's a hind D. If it was an Apache, to, uh, if it was course, Apache. You would need two knives. Of right. course, with the modern, uh, you know, the environment today in America, that could be the next movie. Was that there too edgy? Go. Yes. Okay. Anyway. So what is your guys' real opinion of the old not not the fake copies. Yeah. Not the not the hardware store eight dollar crap copies. The original Jimmy Lyle hollow handled Rambo knife. Opinions? Um <sighs> if, if I've you- I've seen I've seen some people make some good ones. You know, um, and and it's I don't know, man. I, I like if I can be honest with you, I I don't I don't think it's it's a necessity. I mean, not a necessity. How do you even say that? It's like it's one of those things where it's just it's it's cool. It's it's a neat little feature, but I I it, I've seen people, you know, um. I've seen people do it very poorly. I've seen people do it very good, but it seems like a lot of work for for how much payoff do you get from it? You know what I mean? So, in keeping in mind the time that those were made, you know, that's also the same time that Randall was making Bowies that were what five thirty seconds mm-hmm. of an inch thick. Mm-hmm. So, given that, I'll skip the entire lecture about 
thick, heavy blades. Mm-hmm. Um, the real ones, I've got to admit, were fairly well executed. The downside being, if a knife's that big, you've got plenty of real estate on your sheath to do, put a little pouch. And then you can contour the handle differently, and you don't have to have just a cylinder handle. So, yeah. let, but, let me take a stab at you with, from another direction. You uh-huh, can buy a, you can t- yeah, pun intended. A net you can buy a next generation first blood, um, Rambo knife produced by Jimmy Lyles, one of his uh, uh what do you call it students. Mm-hmm. Right now, purchase price, base price, yeah, $2,250. Are you serious? No kidding. Why? I Can mean, I just get a copy nostalgia? of the customer list? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> just because of the nostalgia? I, I guess, man. I, I that, That's all I can guess. Well, that, uh, that may be part of it. Collectability may be part of it. And to do that knife correctly... Man, it's not a simple task. But let's let's be clear on this, Dan. This is not a Chris Reeve one-piece knife. That yeah. handle is attached. Yep. It's it's now, welded. It's that, welded on the inside, right? Yeah. It's now, not like it's a one-piece jobby like Chris Reeve stuff. Which you know, hey, whether the design is practical or not, let's be honest. The, the one. The, the one-piece knives by Chris Reeve, they were tough as all get out. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. I, and I think, I think you know, Chris wanted just to do it because that's what he does. You know yeah. what I mean? I, he doesn't even sell them anymore, does he? I make no, some stuff. One piece. I make some stuff just to see if I can make it. Yeah. So, I mean, I get that. Um, yeah, the only reason to buy a $2,000 knife is collectability. Oh, absolutely. You're not going to be out um, there in course, the field with that. Of course, when I start selling $2,000 knives, I'll need for us to go back and edit this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's... All right. Well, then, I, you who know what? do you I... think will produce the knife for the next movie? Any... any... Bob Dozier, man. Bob really? Ooh. Dozier. There you go. And actually, I'm, Bob Doge will actually be the stuntman to replace Rambo in some of the scenes that Sylvester Stallone is uncomfortable with doing. Only only because they were going to get Chuck Norris and realize that they needed a tough guy. That's right. That's right. Wow. Actually, Bob Dozier is going whoa, to, whoa, whoa. He's going to be in the, the Expendables 4, and he's going to be Stallone's dad and also the guy who single-handedly trained every member of his team. And he's, the, he's the super expendable. Wow, I I just can't believe you threw the Chuck Norris gauntlet. That was that was bold. Have you ever met you, Bob Dozier? You got to spend some time with Dozier. <laughs> he he didn't invent tough. He just made it popular. Wow. Now yeah. to be fair, I have not had the privilege to meet the gentleman. You, you know, at <laughs> you, night, you, if if you don't have a diary, you will buy one just to document that day's events. After you, you know, at night when the boogeyman's hiding in your closet and under your bed. <laughs> It's Bob Dozier is the Dozier. reason he's hiding. hiding. Right. Yes, he is the reason he's hiding. That's right. Hey, Superman record, has a pair of Bob Dozier pajamas. <laughs> for for the record, the Gil Hibben, uh big Bowie knife from yeah. Rambo Three, you can yeah. buy one of those right now too. Brand new, one thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars. You really did some research about this segment, man. Hey, <laughs> you know I'm what? I'm in the wrong market. I Just know, like. Dan brought up the Randall knives earlier. Yeah. And I've brought up the Steve, uh, the, uh, the Reeve knives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I am a, I'm a knife fan. It's not just, Oh, absolutely. you know, so yeah, the history and, and, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. It does tickle me. You know, I enjoy I, it. It's I just, interesting. I wonder how, what the volume of knives are going to sell, you know? I mean, like how, how many of those are the, I mean, is it, is it a 50 unit, minimum that they're making that's it or a hundred units or something like that i can i can understand then if they're saying i'm only gonna make only gonna make this limited run it's a collector's item it comes with a shadow box yada 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 they got to pay licensing licensing fees i mean i can understand the, a little bit of the price then and well, you know, now, certificate I, of I authenticity up, and all that all that stuff i looked up the fourth knife the one that the big uh machete yeah, looking yeah thing, yeah and 
you know, a, a point to what you're saying. They're currently sold out because they were a hundred serial numbered handmade replicas, and, and so they're not even available. Yeah, you know, yeah. so that may be that may be the 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 reason behind the the price. Okay. You know, is they are serial numbered. They do come with a certificate. Blah blah blah, and, and there may be some. Uh, you know the you know the reason behind the price. Because you can. Because people, people will pay, pay it. it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's crazy, man. Uh, talking about uh, fun knife facts and history and that sort of thing. When I was at the Air and Space Museum with the boys earlier this year, John Glenn took a Randall uh, survival knife with him. That was part of his you know, six square inches of personal gear that they were allowed to take. Yeah. And uh, he took a Randall with him. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I was pretty jealous. I wanted to break in the display, um, not to steal anything, but just to switch it out with one of my knives. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Some of us fantasize about, you know, I don't know. Less <laughs> yeah. crazy less crazy things. But you know, God bless well, you, for, Eastland. For the record, guys, if I had to toss out just a guess, based on the number of their m- knives that have been used in movies in the past 5 years, mm-hmm. if I had to guess the next Rambo knife would be an Essie. Uh, yeah, not a bad. Their, their knives get placed in movies all the blasted time. Uh, I wonder how Jeff and Mike make that happen. They're sneaky. They're very, very, very sneaky. Very, very sneaky, sir. Okay. Well, are we, are we done talking about John Rambo? We can be, yes. Are, are, we, are we there yet? All right. Videos. Videos, videos, good. videos. What you got, Robbie? I actually, you know, I've got a couple of uh, of ones a video just because I enjoy the guy's channel. Mm-hmm. There's a channel called Jungle Crafty. Okay. And this guy's he's an English guy. He, he sounds English. I'm not that great with accents, but he sounds like he's from the UK somewhere. Okay. But he's living in another country in the jungle. Okay. I'm tracking. And he. Very much, I, I see his kit and the things he carries. It reminds me of Madison all the time. Oh, really? Because when you're in that hot, hot environment, you, what is the bulkiest, largest space-taking thing in your kit? Well, usually it's your sleep gear because it's cold. Yeah. Well, you know, these guys that are in the in jungle environments, they, they don't have that problem. So their gear is more streamlined and he carries like most of his gear on a belt setup kind of around his waist. And it, like I said, reminds me so much of Madison. It's crazy. Uh, but he's always doing something with what to me looks like trash. It looks like he starts off with trash, uh-huh. but when he gets done, he's got done what he needed to do. Uh, the channel's called jungle crafty and, and the, most recent video I just posted a link for was uh, how to make pitch. And that's like, you know, in America would be, or where I live would be pine pitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, he goes into the uses for it and, and plugging holes and this and that and the other. And like I said, I just enjoy his stuff because it, it seems like it's rudimentary enough, mm-hmm. primitive enough that any of us could get it done. Yeah. Very cool. Um, the second video I posted, you guys just have to watch it, uh, is uh, I wrote in the notes, car camping tent, is this going too far? Have either one of you looked at the video? Uh, I need some help with the concept of too far. Yeah, okay. It's a 26-second tent. It can be put up in 26 seconds, but the thing weighs like 38 pounds. Really? Yeah, but if we're talking car camping, uh, also I think packed up, it's about six foot long. What well, have you seen? I mean, I, I had it someplace for the notes and I lost it. But it's this giant tube. It fits on the top of your vehicle, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it takes up like the whole top of your vehicle, and basically, it's it, it it opens up and unfurls. It's like a it's like a giant tube, but it connects onto each other, so it makes like a giant oh, donut. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. It's 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 freaking crazy, but it's huge. I mean, you can have like three or four families in it. I um, saw that too, and but I 
correct me if I'm wrong, but when I looked at it, it was still in the concept stage. They yeah, haven't got yeah. a working yeah, it's a prototype, prototype built yet. That's right. It made That's me right. think of a hamster habitat. Yes. Dude, I would. Well, I, that thing would be awesome. This 26 second tent I posted. Mm-hmm. You literally take it out of the bag, set it on the ground, fold two pieces out, and then grab the center and pull it up. Mm-hmm. And it's got hinged poles inside that lock into position. Yeah. So you lift it up, lock it, and you're done. Your tent's up. Yeah, I it's mean, almost like it's more like a shed than a tent. Yeah. Uh, but to that to that end, Dan, it's uh, tall enough. I know somebody like you and I could stand up in it. Adam might even could stand up in it. I don't know how exactly how tall it is. I mean, it's just well, a giant. I, it just turns into a giant cube, right? Yeah. Yeah, I meant shed as an improvement over a tent, not a derogatory term. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the pricing on it was a couple hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. If you're a, if you're going to a lot of state parks and car camping a lot, yeah, that's not much money for a tent, and uh, yeah. So especially one that you can stand up to change your clothes. I hate trying to change clothes laying down. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe well, maybe it's not for put, us, but it's even hey, more you know, it's even more fun to change clothes in a hammock. You know, as best. I'm starting as I'm starting to get older, I'm I'm starting to focus a little more on comfort. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. You know where you, where, where you been? Yeah. <laughs> You know, sure, sure. I'm not as tough as you are, kid. I'm, you're right. I'm not in a lean-to, but uh, this tent really is kind of comfortable. You know what, man? I think we talked. Robbie and I talked about it last episode. Like, you know, we're not here to impress anybody anymore. Those days are long gone. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're lucky if we can impress ourselves. <laughs> I impress myself self when I get out of bed, Adam. And, yeah. and I, I stand. And up you're able and to stand walk. up without without hurting. Yeah, and, and neither knee gives out. Mm-hmm. I, I look down I and go, that. oh, it's one of those days. We better go ahead and make some plans for the day. That's right. <laughs> Both knees are working on the same day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Watch out, world. That's right. Well, I got a couple of videos. Uh, we did have the uh, Trapping with Uncle Bob Part 2. And actually, you know what? I kind of feel like I kind of feel like a, a, a jerk because I thought you that should. video got released on the website. And I and I forgot to post it up on YouTube, and so you know, Mrs. Equipped to Endure, who who you know writes the show notes and schedules all the releases and everything, she's like, "What are you talking about? You only give me one video with Bobby," and she was right. So we have uh, <laughs> a Trapping Uncle Bob Part Two. That's the uh, the bait set. He did the uh, trail set, and then he did a bait set, and at the end, you see uh, the fruits of his labors. The results. That's right. So that got released. We also have another short one coming right off the heels of that. And that's just an update and how the peat moss works. Basically, we had a snowy day uh, within the time the traps uh, were set and everything. And actually, the season's done now. Um, so we That'll be, be able to part see three this. in the series. That'll be part right? three. Very short, but it gives you guys a little sample of what's going on with that. Also, uh, we got a new kind of a website update giving you guys some uh, information. And, you know... Robbie and I have been talking about this for for a while, changing up a little bit of the format of how we do some of the uh, the videos and stuff like that. We got an area uh, this spring that we're going to able to go out there. It's it's not only easier to, to get to, and we've explained this before too. You know, when when you're when you're driving, you know, an hour or so, and actually for Robbie's situation, he's driving you know up to a different state, and then you're you're humping a bunch of gear out uh, to whether what other area, and then if your goal there is actually to shoot video. It gets to be it gets to be a uh, a lot of waste of time for a lot Upping of setup. cameras to the top of the mountain was a pain in the butt. Yes, yes, yeah, and then you know, yeah, so four we hours got, of driving and three hours of prep for one hour of video. Not even an hour of video for fifteen minutes of video. So we oh, got it ended up being an hour because something was always forgotten in the truck. <laughs> that had to climb back down the mountain. That's true. So we got an area now, a piece of property that's owned by a friend of ours. Not only are we allowed to film there whenever we want. We can kind of come and go as we please and set up some some semi-permanent areas. So we can actually have a dedicated area for testing gear. You know, that's we're going to, you know, this area right here, set up however we want and, and test gear. So we're excited about that. And the uh, the bonus on that is is that area is uh, about a two-minute drive from where our, our cameraman lives. Uh, so it's really, it's it's really convenient for that. It's it's a good, you know, it's a good 45-minute drive for me, but that's not that bad. And and literally, we can off-road all the way there and park our vehicles 
30 feet from uh, where we're going to be camping. Is um, it 45 minutes north or south of you? Uh, it is west, ah. west of me. So it's it's pretty much as far as possible away from you, Dan. Yeah, you did that on purpose, didn't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. I knew you did. Yeah. If you don't meet somebody with a West Virginia accent, you're not very social. That's how far <laughs> west it is. That, that's right. Wow. So, and then uh, also we have uh, a new piece of gear that I, I did an overview for. And let me tell you, Robbie, have you watched, have you had a chance? No, you haven't. You haven't watched the video yet. It hasn't been released yet, but Tactical 550, which, and this is also my gear pick of the week. I know I've been talking about it already, but it's kind of a, now that i got to play around with it. They sent me some of their, their paracord and a spool tool. And in this video, I very eloquently express Boy. through my actions the need for a spool tool. And you, you know, I, I told you you needed a spool tool eight months, months ago. ago. I know, months ago. You know, you know, you know that time where you're trying to tie your... Uh, your shelter, your your ridge line for your shelter, and you're reaching around that tree with a bundle of paracord in one hand, and you got your arm over there, but the tree's too big and you can't quite read it. Reach it, so you're like, I'll just toss it to my other hand. Yeah, and I you toss it to your other hand, exactly. and it yeah, falls it, down, it, it gets tangled, and you're like, sob. And then you realize, I don't know why, I just walk around this tree, and you grab it, and you have a big tangled mess, and there's sticks, and there's, you know, crap all in your paracord, and you spend the next 45 minutes untangle that mess of paracord. Oh, dude. Well, spool tool has a solution for that. I'm just leaving it at that. So check that out, guys. And uh, <laughs> I, let me tell you, I, I don't know any other video I've, I've ever done that at, th there there was a time in that video and I've edited out some of the stuff. I'm I'm like, look at this effing mess. And I was man, I was fuming. I was fuming while and this is a, this is a tabletop video. I wasn't even out in the field messing something up. So it was a fun fun time. So that'll be out here soon as well, guys. Dude, I'm always the guy that says. You know what? I don't need to put my gloves on right now. Yeah. <laughs> and then I drop the paracord in the briars. Yep. So that there's thorns in my cord as I'm there, trying to wrap it. Yeah. There you go. Very fun stuff, man. Very fun stuff. So, anyway. How, when's that video coming out? Uh, I think that video will be out Friday. So when this podcast comes out, it should be out. Cool. I think we got it scheduled for that day. Yes. Yes, sir. So... Um, that's pretty much all I got. Well, pretty let's fill this uncomfortable silence with a little puppy corner then. Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about it. Because I have two, I have two separate things. All right. The first, um, was a little comical having to do with old dogs. Mm -hmm. Now Ace is getting a little older and, uh, for a lot of different reasons, the snow is really hard on his paws. Yeah, you know, I've got some some salve for uh, the pads of his feet, but the snow's just rough on him. And the last couple of days, uh, especially his hind legs, have been real raw. Uh, Beth put his bed over by the fire, and he spent most of the, his days just tending to his hind feet. And matcha has given him absolute hell. You know, she's more she's more agile than him anyway. And then with him having sore feet, she has just worked him over. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, last night I looked over and she was eating out of his food bowl. And that was uh, a little surprising. And I took him out. And the great thing about the snow for me is I can see my black dogs at night. Mm -hmm. And I saw him run into the hemlocks by the edge of the property. And then I heard a yelp and Macha came out of the hemlocks about two and a half feet off the ground sideways. Hit the snow. I heard branches break it. Ace explodes out of the hemlocks, ears laid back, pounces on her, and just gives her what for for about 45 seconds. And then gets up and walks away, and Macha's just kind of laying there with a what-just-happened-to-me look on her face. And uh, this morning, I look over, and Ace's food bowl is full, and he's over eating out of Macha's bowl while she sits there <laughs> and watches him. <laughs> <laughs> My feet are better now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, oh, so Dan, puppies. Yes, we have a recipe in our in our uh, show notes. We do, and that so let, is related to a story that I, I definitely want you to tell. So let me set the scene. Um, Robert has come up to visit, so of course everything is going wrong because that's what happens when Robbie comes to visit. 
and we've just had a great meal, may have had a cocktail. The dogs need to go out one last time. So we let them out and they take off into the wood line. And I call and they come right back and I'm reaching down to praise Matcha and I'm rubbing her chest and my hand is wet. And while I'm trying to figure out why my hand, why she would be wet, a wave of nausea-inducing, a, a, a melange of burning, tired, decomposing bodies with just a, a soupçon of something rotten egg just washes over me. And yeah, I step back, manage not to gag, realize that she has been sprayed by a skunk. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and man, you know, I've, I've driven down the road when one's been hit and it's an unpleasant aroma that just doesn't cover it. Yeah. So yeah. it is 37 degrees out, uh, 11 o'clock at night. And she is just absolutely drenched in skunk musk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's too cold to put her in the garage. I'm not sure how I'm going to get her into the house. The, the one saving grace is it's above freezing so I can get water to run through the hose. So, uh, and at this point, I really have to give Beth some credit. Yeah, I was prepared for a great number of reactions. But she just said, oh, well, here, let me go get you some towels. Let's see what we can do. Um, and fortunately, Ace, he got a little transfer, but he didn't actually get hit. So a little blowback. Yeah. Um, and I should also mention the last time we bathed Matcha in the, uh, the clean-out sink, she dislikes water to the point that it takes two people to hold her into the sink while you're washing her. Awesome. Yeah. And there was no line of people. There was no, li- you know, people lining up to help Dan with this skunk yeah. thing. I know because I was one of those that yeah. was not lining up to help Dan with yeah. this skunk situation. Oddly enough, fortunately I got a lot of suggestions, not a lot of physical help, but you know, supervision is important in a task like this. Oh, you mean hey, <laughs> I stood on the back deck and threw towels at you. Yeah. And mentioned that, wow, that I, I water just, looks cold. I could just see Robbie's reaction. Like, like, I, I, <laughs> I ain't, got t- I ain't got time for this shit. And just getting in his car and heading back to North Carolina. Hey, I gave him the skunk smell remover recipe, all right? I hear you. I hear now, God love technology because while I'm, while I'm corralling and containing the dog, Robbie <laughs> looks up skunk smell remover. Uh, it is absolutely magical. Really? Now, now, I learned the hard way that you got anything that got skunk on it, You've got to wash it before it dries. Once it dries, yeah, you're you're done. You're done. Yep. But um, one part hydrogen, or excuse me, one quart hydrogen peroxide, a quarter cup baking soda, and one to two teaspoons dishwashing detergent. I was amazed at the difference it made. Because it stripped the oil out, right? The oil was able to set in, or whatever it is. Um, it's a combination of things like the detergent is an emulsifier, so it helps pull the oil out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the hydrogen peroxide and the baking soda, from what I understand, have something to do with actually breaking down the proteins or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's magic. Okay. Um, you, don't, you don't have pop to pop out. Yeah. You don't have to understand how it's like an airplane. You don't have to understand it. You just have to know it works. You just got to believe it works. That helps. Exactly. The magic. And, uh, <laughs> and, I was believing really, really hard at that point. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there was still a little stench. Um, Learned the hard way she had her working collar on. Yeah. Um, That still smells like skunk. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's still, uh, I hang it on the back of the doorknob on the outside of the house side, Mm -hmm. on the back door. Um, But I couldn't believe how bad it could stink followed with this stuff was really effective of getting the stench out very cool i it was not a hundred percent why didn't you bring the pop out the camera and make, make that an e2e video 
<laughs> Dude, I wasn't getting anything I owned close to that smell. <laughs> Not to mention, by the time you edited everything inappropriate, you would have had about six seconds of video, uh, footage. Oh, it'd been so worth it, man. Hey, I, I put that I was, one time I got stung by that, that swarm of bees when I was trying to chop down a tree. Yeah, but so. that was a rather quick situation, Adam. <laughs> yeah, uh, Dan was literally standing there in that freezing cold water with that gag you dog. Yeah. For, you know, 30 minutes trying to get all that smell off. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, it, crazy. it was 30 minutes of stripped down in 37 degree weather, washing a dog with I, a garden I'll, hose. I'll tell you, you're, you're, you're a better man than me, Dan. I, I might have just had to bring out the shotgun and bury her in the back. <laughs> there, uh, there was a brief moment that I considered that it'd be easier just to put her down. <laughs> just tie her to a short, to a short chain. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. We're not serious, folks. All right, everybody out there, I was just a joke. All right, just we're just kidding, big kidders. All right, so I know we're gonna get some comments about that because apparently last podcast I think Robbie called somebody the R word. You know what? <laughs> the only people that are gonna comment about that are people that have never had to watch a stunk, skunk stink off a dog. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, true. And you know, I, it that's was true. funny because I had to, like I said, I got to give Beth credit because. Uh, we got them as clean as we could, yeah. and we'd be sitting there watching TV, and then you could smell it when one walked in the room. You didn't even have to see it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. we'd cleaned them up. There was no transfer, and I was just waiting for Beth Somebody to. once told me that how, how humans smell skunk is how dogs smell every other scent in the world. There was some debate on that, and I don't understand how her nose still works. Yeah. 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 So but, I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe they're just used to smells. <laughs> or maybe they think that's perfume. Maybe. Well, it's definitely. You know that I think skunks only get like one or two sprays a month. It takes them a long time to to build that up. Oh, I'm sure that, it does. That stink yeah. doesn't happen just instantly. Man. It's <laughs> time to marinate and really work yeah. up. That's right. That's right. Uh, oh, Dan, that's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, so, are you are you guys at the point where you're kind of like smell blind to it and when people walk in the house they can still sm uh, smell a, a hint of skunk or is it all dissipated uh, right now? it took about three four days for it to all dissipate yeah and now other than her training collar we're good okay um, and how long will that take to stop stinking uh, i don't know but i can tell you uh the next video coming up is uh how to trap skunks <laughs> <laughs> i mean is uh, a skunk is a skunk still around the property uh no Okay. Um, less, I, you know, was I tempted to use my steel jaw traps? Yes. Yes, I was. But instead, I went for a habitat destruction and have thusly convinced the skunks that they want to live elsewhere. Well, I remember one of our dogs got, um, when I was growing up, got sprayed by a skunk. Actually, the, the, we had a family of skunks living under the front porch, and we trapped one, and he got out of the gate and approached the, the cage, and the skunk sprayed him, sprayed me. Oof. Um, and he was a sheepdog, very light-colored sheepdog. And he stayed he stayed orange because we did the old tomato yeah. bath thing, um, which worked. He stayed orange for a good amount of time, though. He was an orange dog. It was quite ridiculous. And I got sent home from school. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I believe yeah. that. Yep. So do I. Uh, it was funny because I used to read them. I remember I, re I read the morning announcements, and I walk into the office – and I remember the, the ladies in the front office like, did somebody smell skunk? And I was just like, yeah, I think there was one out front. <laughs> <laughs> and I read the morning announcements, and I went to my home room, and um, yeah, they sent me home. <laughs> yeah. the pretty, embar awesome. pretty embarrassing. It's awesome. I loved it because I went home and played, played Nintendo the whole day, you know. He went home and played with his stinking dog. Yeah. yeah. And I remember I came in the next day and guys was like, ah, you, you had to go home because you stunk. He's like, do you know what I did all day? Super Mario, <laughs> Super Mario Brothers 3. They're like, oh, what? I was like, yeah, all day. Mom let me play it for like eight hours while you guys were in school. And then all of a sudden it wasn't it wasn't that bad of a deal anymore. And Just me and my orange dog. Yeah, me and my orange dog and tomato 20 bucks I'll let you play with my skunk. That's right. That's right. Who wants to borrow my skunk? Well, guys, we're going to run out of time for long uh before we do uh interesting read this week on the equip to endure podcast mm -hmm. bushcraft with a purpose by james montana yes very interesting read um, and uh it, robbie why don't you give him the, the background on james 
Uh, James is an American. Yes. Who Who's lives oddly enough, in, not from Montana. Yes. Right. Who is not from Montana, even though that's his last name. Um, who lives in uh, uh, Taiwan mm-hmm. or Taipei? I can't remember. <laughs> Taiwan. Uh, James lives in Taiwan um, and uses his bushcraft skills as a tool to help him go further, go longer in one of his hobbies, which is exploration of ruins, I guess you would say, and archaeological uh, locations in, you know, the the Taiwan landscape and the woods and jungles there. And James... and James is a ninja. He's like a modern day Indian. Yeah, he is. A, he is a martial arts instructor. A, a tough guy, cool guy, but also one of the sweetest guys you ever want oh, to talk yeah. to. Awesome. Uh, just, just good-hearted fella. He helped um, me when uh, I was working on some machete prototypes as well. Well, James has uh, turned this article in uh, about how he uses those skills and 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 all, and and some of his exploration there in Taiwan. And I'm I'm gonna be honest. I find it. I find ruins amazing anyway. Yeah. And then to see ruins in another country and to hear uh, how he's using, I guess you say, the tools of the trade when it comes to uh, bushcraft to, you know, uh, make the most of that environment. Yeah. It is just completely amazing. And the photographs he always sends and posts uh, are equally amazing. I got to get James to do just a photo, a photo log of one of his adventures on the, on the, uh, the website too. Cause it's, it, there's some awesome stuff, man. Awesome stuff. But yeah, I, man, don't, don't I got to admit, I, I really go out to that jungle than the jungle you went to, uh, <laughs> Dan, I'm just to put that out there right now. I don't know why, you know, it just looks like it'd be a more interesting adventure. I think it's cause when he gets back to town, there'd be better Asian food. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Asian food was a little limited in uh, in Colombia. It happens. It happens. They, tend to, they tend to have a lot of Asian Asian places in Taiwan. I heard that. Funny thing. Um, although, you know, I bet they don't have killer pillars. And no yeah, jungle maybe. trip is, is really complete without a killer pillar. Maybe. You might be right about that. We'll have to do some research on that one. You know, I, <laughs> I, I should go to his pill? jungle just to test it. <laughs> I don't know about a killer pillar, Dan, but from what James tells me, there are some rather uh, aggressive insects and whatnot out there in that uh, Taiwan jungle. Yeah, that I can believe. And they have—they probably have magic little creatures out there too. So you know, yeah. well, the things they do with bamboo, I, I feel like about halfway magic anyway. That's right. That's right. I bet they don't have mambe though. They probably don't have that either. Yeah, they probably have something else though, an opiate derivative instead of tobacco derivative. Well, there is that. <laughs> it just depends on what you're trying to go for, Dan. Yeah, yeah. I went for the total immersion experience. I, I hear you. I hear I, you. I, just, I did what my guides did. So, so guys, check it out on the Equipendor website. It's actually the front page article. Some good stuff. And James will be uh, doing some other things. He did have a video not so long ago about getting water from the jungle. Uh, so, James, thanks again. It's awesome. And uh, we can't wait to see some more stuff from the other side of the world right now. So, so Adam, do we have time for gear picks? or? Oh, don't we have another article, though? Well, it, we do if you want to uh, reference it. Oh, we got, a, we got 12 minutes, buddy. Let's do it. Another interesting read, an article I, I ran across that uh, I enjoyed, so I just thought I'd share it. Um, and it is uh, – is, the article is by uh, Jim Christensen and is titled, Is Hunting, Gathering, in Lieu of Preparedness a Good Idea? Um, and the article goes into a lot of the uh, particulars of how game animals have uh, flourished as well as gone very near extinction in the Americas. Mm-hmm. At, at different stages and, and times yeah. and that uh, basically this, a lot of people in the author's uh, idea a lot of people that think they're going to go out and be a hunter-gatherer mm-hmm. are fooling themselves 
mm-hmm. that one, the resources will not be there. Yeah. And two, that regardless of whether you do it recreationally or not, mm-hmm. you are not now, no matter how hard you train, living the same lifestyle as the people two, three, four hundred years ago who were doing this for real. Yeah. And there is a marked difference between a hobby and a lifestyle. Yep. And a hobby does not necessarily completely prepare prepare you for living it as a lifestyle. Yeah. I I will tell you right now, man, you know, I've been having some discussions with people here recently, um, focusing on the, the psychology of it. You know, like there you know there's a new a new thing they're they're classifying uh, a need to be around your cell phone. It's called nophomic, like if you're nophomia, I think. I think that's right. I'm probably messing it up. But people are getting psychological assistance talking to people because they're having anxiety attacks from not always being around their cell phone. Isn't that crazy? And can you imagine if something happens and you have to rely on your skill set out in the field? You know what's funny? (laughs) I find the opportunities to get away from my cell phone. Uh Uh-huh. Like just little nuggets of vacation. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I love it. I, I, when I go to your place or Dan's, I don't uh-huh. know if you guys have noticed, but wherever I put my plug for my phone. Yep. It stays there. I, it stays there. I leave the phone there. And, and then, you know, usually once and, a day in the evening or whatever, I'll text or call my wife to let her know I'm still alive. Yeah. Well, that's, be, uh, that's because you have no cell phone reception at my house. Well, well that's and, also, and also you sleep in the basement under the stairs in my house, so. Well, that's true too. Like a, <laughs> I did say it was a vacation, right? <laughs> like a troll or a goblin. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm I'm Denny. <laughs> yeah. He's got the personality of a troll, but the habits of a goblin. There it we, is. We canid. <laughs> we canines. We like dens. Yeah. Uh, uh, but that that article I thought was uh, educational, informative, and and if. If not either one of those, it's at least thought-provoking. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you go to the bottom of the article, it's a three about three pages long. There is a link to the part two at the bottom of the article. So I only put the one link in. But once you go to that, if you follow it through, you can find the second part of the article as well. Well, Robbie, why don't you do your gear pick? Jeez. Okay. I just want to hear you talk today. You've been, you know, you've been on, you've been on point. You know. Right. The sound yeah. of your voice. Yeah. It's that sweet, smoky, kind of husky voice. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's what that's that's how it's always been described. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I think both of you guys carry some type of camp cup, the folding handle cups that nest mm-hmm. over now, jean bottle type thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody knows what I'm talking about here. Yep. Uh, I'm a big fan of the aluminum ones from Molly Camp, the hard anodized aluminum because well. You're protected from the aluminum. I don't know whether there's any dangers from aluminum or not. Can't prove it. Can't disprove it. But I know that it, if it's hard anodized and you're never coming in contact with it, that eliminates that. Um, my product or pick this week kind of goes along with both of those, though. The standard stainless steel or the Ollie Camp that I love so much. I found that the Cedar Summit X mug, mm-hmm. which is a silicone pop-out Almost as I know, Adam, you used it one time. Those squishy bowls. Yeah, it's yep. kind of like that, except it collapses to a flat disc. Huh. Well, the cool thing is that the Cedar Summit X mug will clip onto the top of my Ollie Cup, uh, Ollie Camp Space Saver mug, like a lid. Very. So cool. my lid on my cup, I can pop it off, press it out, and it becomes a mug of its own. What you think? I think it's awesome, and the price point is it. relatively inexpensive. Yep. Now this is not a, a watertight lid, uh-huh. but it's on there tight enough that if you're using your cup as storage space in your bag or something, yeah, you know, for fire kit, odds and ends, whatever, you know, uh, it's going to keep anything from falling out. That's that's a solid object. Yeah. And the other thing too, it's it's probably not a bad little uh little cover when you do have something hot in your 
in your right. uh, your mug. And the debris and all the other stuff. Keep the heat in there. And it gives you a spare cup if somebody should wander up to your camp and need a cup of coffee. That is that is an innovative little item, man. I'm digging I see it. They ha- I, th- I see they have some bowls as well. Yep. Very cool. Very cool. I mean, I had those collapsible, like, squishy guy at ones back in the mm-hmm. day, but I just never really liked them. You know, I, they're I, okay. You know? They're they're okay. Dan, what you got? I got two. Uh, okay. One is uh, the base tube tent, mm-hmm. which I am going to start product testing as soon as it is not 27 degrees outside. I, that sounds like a good idea. Uh, but I love the concept. It's... It's almost exactly what I've been looking for. It's a tube tent with a zipper on it, so you can unzip it and make it a tarp. Uh-huh. Um, I would love to find something like this that had ends on it, like a shelter half, mm-hmm. but I'm not there yet. But I'm really excited about some of the, the flexibility of this. Mm-hmm. It's silver on one side, bright orange on the other, uh, so it's got some heat reflective capabilities. Uh, I'm thinking it might be a, a nice option for an emergency kit. And the second one is uh, an onion still. Yes. Now, this is the one I want you to – I mean, the tube tent, I like a good tube tent. And the tube yeah. tent looks a little bit hardier than the old school tube tents that we're used to. So I might pick one of these up. Yeah. And, and I think they're on Amazon for like 35 bucks. So that's not bad. Yeah, it's but a the, reusable quality tube tent. But the onion still. Do explain, uh, sir. Okay. Uh, there are several types of still. Um, this is an onion because it's very onion-shaped, and the condenser is a little different. You know, most people are used to the coil condenser. This is just uh, an elongated tube for a condenser. Mm-hmm. But it comes in 1, 5, and 10-gallon sizes. So it's a, an all-copper kettle onion still. Uh, the five gallon will produce about one and a half, two gallons of uh, distilled alcohol. Um, you can use a five gallon bucket to age your mash in it, so it is an at a, a quality copper kettle at home still. Uh, Very cool. I you know Robbie, it'd be cool to just learn how to do to, to, just to make some moonshine one time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, it's no, it's illegal. <laughs> Uh, well, and it, I got no comment. <laughs> well, but there, there's uh, got to be if you're if you're not selling it, it should be legal, right? You can make your own, correct? Yes. It um, it changes from one area to the next, but yeah. Generally, what's breaking the law is selling liquor without paying the tax on it. Yes. So if it's for your own personal consumption, in a lot of places, it's legal. Yeah. And okay. I will say that uh, I'm not going to name names. But uh-huh. offline, we have a mutual friend, the three of us. Oh, I know we do. Uh, who uh, make some pretty good stuff that uh, <laughs> I, I've sampled the wares. And if you get into this and have any questions, it'd be worth a phone call to him to to uh, figure out how he's getting it done. He is a jack, he is a jack of all trades in the good way. Yes. Yeah. He, is, he is an amazing little human being that just packs a whole lot of information into one person. There you go. There you go. Well, guys, I think that's going to, uh, you know, wrap us up for today. And, uh, Robbie, any other comments, questions, concerns, gripes, or complaints that we need to, we need to discuss before we uh, shut down yeah. this episode? Yeah. What's that? I asked for our audience to speak to us, and I got one message. What was it? Come on, people. Well, yeah. it was our uh, viewer, or listener comment the other day, uh-huh. um, a few pa- podcasts back. I want more of that. I loved it. Yeah. I, I I want to hear from our audience. You know, it doesn't matter if we've ever talked about it on the show before. If it interests you and you're into the same stuff we are, there's a good chance it'll interest us and everybody else listening. Now, Absolutely. Robbie, one person is 20% of our listening audience, so 20% participation <laughs> is pretty good. I don't That's count right. our wives. Oh, what about, okay. What about my grandparents? Seventy. So count, count my grandparents. Yeah, they they're okay. once removed. That's okay. that's one generation over. So yeah, we okay. count those. All right. Well, that sounds like fun. Yeah, guys, leave your questions and comments. You can leave it on the Facebook page. You can leave it on the uh, actually the best way to do it is, is email podcast at equipedindoor.com. and yep. say po- you know make the subject matter podcast question and we will read your message and give you a shout out over the air and uh, hopefully it'll. 
you know, get some good dialogue. That, yeah. That's that's what it's all about. Yeah. So guys, always feel free to mock uh, Adam or Robbie. It's okay. Yeah, Dan. Dan mind. is far too sensitive. It'll hurt his feelings, and then he won't talk to us for. We weeks. have well established. I only have one feeling. Yeah, I know, and it's rage. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, uh, tune in next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. If you have any other questions or comments, you know where to reach us. And remember, if you're not always prepared, you're never prepared. Thanks. Later. Say goodbye, Robbie. Goodbye, Robbie. See, we haven't done that in a while. It feels good. I know. It's like going home. Hey, did y'all remember the sponsors this time? Yes, we remember the sponsors, Dan. (laughs) God. Go back to the